I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Um, it, it's been a weird week for me, but like what, uh, how was your, I, you had steak and eggs and you threw it up on Instagram. And I'm, I was oh, so yeah. upset. I was like, I need, I need this. I, I'm going to go buy some steak. You see what I had today. <laughs> what? Uh, ribs. Oh. Beef ribs. <laughs> baked for three hours. Oh. Yeah. Those are good because you can get a lot of those. They're, they're more affordable than yeah. getting a steak. A steak is like, you know, treat. Yeah. And um, ribs are pretty good for, that's what I eat for breakfast. Baked for three hours. That, yeah. that got to be tender as fuck. Very tender. Yeah. Oh, man. Super good. <sighs> they're so delicious. But you're going to get a steak now? Oh, yeah. I'm thinking about it on the way home now. <laughs> <laughs> definitely do it. You get steak and eggs, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I have eggs. Uh, right now, all I'm eating on is eggs and like chicken uh, breasts, like sliced chicken breasts. Yeah. I just cook that into some shit together. That's delicious. It's, yeah, it's really good. But it's like I could use some good red meat. Yeah, yeah, get some red meat in there, man. I, I don't believe that whole thing about red meat is bad for you. I don't no, think that's me true. Me neither. Uh, definitely don't. It, it's like you just you eat McDonald's burgers only, right, for your life, and then you're like, red meat is bad. No. Yeah. You just didn't have different kinds of red meat. Yeah, yeah. You're definitely eating the unhealthy version of it. Yeah. And everybody knows it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't just turn around and be like, red meat's bad. It's like that cow has AIDS at that point. By the time it gets to McDonald's, you know? That cow has been, like, that meat's been processed through the bubonic plague and just dipped in, I don't even know yeah. what vat of. You know what's crazy on there, though? Like, whenever a, on chicken in the United States, it says hormone-free. All chicken is hormone-free. We, we were not allowed in the United States to feed chickens exogenous hormones. Oh, yeah, that's really common here with yeah. with advertising. It's so it's they're like, so tricky. <laughs> tricky motherfuckers, dude. You you have to really like you you cannot you have to and you know it's on you as a consumer, right? You I guess you should be thinking about what people are telling you yeah. and not just like shoving it up your butt or whatever, right? <laughs> and so if you read something that they say like that, chicken, no hormones added, you have to know that. Yeah. That's the thing. You have to not be stupid. And that's a real challenge for us, because here it's so easy to be stupid. Yeah. It's it really is. It's a, it's a very comfortable. We're so stupid. Most people don't read those labels at all. So like, yeah. yeah, the ones who do are just a little bit less stupid, but still stupid. We're we're all stupid, <laughs> all. But but you get that's why you have to kind of take the steps to be as le as least stupid as you can. Yeah, that's all you can do. But but learning the little tricks like that, like no hormones added, right? That's like um like a, a painkiller medication right they'll like or just like a tylenol style not like a medic you know, yeah. medicated whatever but um over the counter they'll say something like um uh top three you know uh whatever NSAID um painkiller medications in the u.s right yeah. top three but then there's only three brands here yeah it'll be shit like that yeah and then yeah they I love it. It's it's all, especially with the drug, the pharmaceuticals and shit. It's like, yeah. it's it's so weirdly like, oh, this one will do this, and then this one, and and like the side with the side effects. I almost I, ultimate conspiracy side of me that I kind of only half believe. Uh, they have perpetuated, uh, like diseases and and shit on us that they then create medicine like they. They gave us medicine that caused stuff to us that then they create medicine for. No, listen, 
And th- this is how they get you, right? Because you are over here going, and this is awful. You're, you're like the conspiracy side of me, right? Because they've made the intuitive, critical thinking side of you be perceived as the conspiracy side. Yeah. And that's fucking crazy what they did to people. That, yeah. th- that your own instinct, they're like, you're a conspiracy theorist, right? And you're like, this, what? You know? It, what you just said is, is a fact. It's like, it's provable yeah right everybody knows it dude they fucked up so much with healthcare in this country that people are turning back to like chinese medicine that's how bad it is yeah where it's like everybody's just doing like which is good though like you you should be responsible for your own health yeah right it's like okay that's it sucks that doctors are like that that they're basically captured by insurance companies and stuff and pharmaceutical companies but hey it's not like we don't know anymore so it, what we're mad about is that we have to actually do something now. Yeah. That's annoying. It's annoying yeah. to have to be responsible. Responsibility fucking sucks. And so that's why we, we like to sue here. We like to sue people to make them so scared that they'll take responsibility. Very litigious society. Yeah. yeah I love it. I love it. I, I'm so glad the Jews came to this country and taught us litigation. Like, <laughs> like not the entitlement to litigation. You know what I mean? It's, it's wonderful. If you look at New York, where nice. there are more Jews per capita, everybody sues there. People go out looking to sue. Yeah, they like. Do you know how many people I've seen with my own eyes, like walk in front of me and fake trip over water or into walk into a pole on purpose? You see them just so they can start screaming in the street and calling witnesses over and saying like, "You see that? This awning? It broke my ankle. Fuck you, Apple Bank." You know. I mean, apparently that's a big thing in Russia. That's why they have so many like car cams, like uh, dash cams. Yeah. Because like people yeah. just like act like they like they run into your car and like fall on it and be like, "Oh, you hit me!" And they're like, "No, I have a camera." Yeah. And they're like, "Yeah, I guess that makes sense. That's why there are that many dash cams there." <laughs> I always wondered about. I was like, "Why are they running around?" But you know what? I I never I did I got one here because people are kind of like that here. Yeah. Not everybody. I can imagine. Yeah. 20% of the drivers here are fucking insane. Yeah. And so, and it's all the Dodge Ram drivers, just all of them. So I, we literally got a um, dash cam just to catch those motherfuckers. Okay. Nice. See how it goes. Maybe, I'll, be... maybe you'll see me on Reddit <laughs> getting my head bashed in. Uh, anyway. So I'm glad we were caught up on our food and medicine, yep. medical care. What about your week was so weird? Oh, just a really busy week at the club. We had a uh, yeah, Hannibal Burris. Hannibal Burris, which was a like a pop in, like random. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Mark- let everybody know what that what club we were talking about. Here. Oh, we are here at the Creek in the Cave Comedy Club, best comedy club in the world. Mm-hmm. Fuck everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we had Hannibal Burris, uh, Brandon Wardell, who I didn't know his comedy beforehand, but he's a cool dude, and it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, Tuesday we had Neil Hamburger. Mm-hmm. He was funny as fuck. Yeah. Um, and who else? We had someone else. Oh, that was just a yeah. That was just a big show. Yep, a regular that I don't even need to mention. Um, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I hate whenever it's certain people are kind of like heavily associated with the club, and then people kind of take that and run with it and is like oh so he's a part of the club it's like no he just comes does sets here every now and then like 
people read into i don't know i don't know if it's like that in other in, in other fields of the entertainment industry but with with comedians it's like anybody gets anything and they just think yeah that's it you yeah. know and like they just kind of swarm around this assumption yeah they don't because nobody knows what the fuck is happening that's why yeah and well or they assume what's happening they assume that what they've heard is right there's so many times people have come to me as like uh Oh yeah, I heard y'all are gonna be selling out the creek or the creek's closing and stuff. I'm like, and it, it was one time specifically. It was right after we had two of our biggest weeks, Matt McCusker and uh, fuck, I forget who it was, but we literally sold out the entire week. And they're coming to me like, yeah, here y'all y'all aren't doing that well, and y'all are closing. I'm like, we literally just sold out two weeks in a row. <laughs> whoever's saying yeah. that is just hating well because crazy. everybody in comedy is an egomaniac yeah. in one way or the other even me but like i'm in a diff i have my own unique crazy right <laughs> but i do i am aware that a lot of people in this shit are they're they're so ego driven right that they they really think that their greatest fears and their most malicious wishes are reality you yeah. know so they'll just go around and any everything is a sign of whatever they whatever they think is going to make them famous or whatever is going to destroy their enemies yeah that's kind of how people operate that there was just too many um borderline personality disorders that's all yeah it's like, there's a lot of that a lot of different uh a, 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 it's like a melting pot of mental disorders oh yeah that that doesn't that doesn't end well most of the time <laughs> but sometimes the the, sometimes it does. the same mental disorders find each other and they kind of mesh yeah, hey, that's me and my boyfriend. <laughs> we kind of like even each other out, you know? I think it's, you know, it's like, be crazy, you know? It yeah. doesn't devalue you. Actually, tends to make you funnier. Yeah. So, hey, you know, I just, I wish everybody healing and um, stop wishing ill on clubs, you fucking weirdos, right? <laughs> Get, go write jokes, right? And that's kind yeah. of it. Yeah, go find people with your with your particular mental disorder. and. <laughs> oh, no, 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 don't put them together. Oh. <laughs> You want them complimentary, you know, different variety. Uh, fair. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll have like the, the Fourth Reich in the fucking, you know, comedy club Fourth Reich. That's the name of the club. Oh, what if that was Rogan's club name? Chuckle Reich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. But anyway, uh, my week was good. Uh, let me see. I'm really bad at talk at recounting weeks because uh, I have this weird habit of completely forgetting what happened like 30 minutes ago. And uh, and then I'll randomly bring it up a month from now. Okay. So I'll probably tell you how this week went like in two months. All right. So yeah. That's fair. But it seems like it went okay because nothing's broken. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel good. Oh, uh, I baked a... Oh, okay. So I just remember... See, you saw that? You saw how that just happened right yep. there? Yeah. It just... I got punched in the face with memory. So uh, microdose this weekend, which nice. was fun. Fun. And, uh, and then I baked the fuck out of just anything I can get my hands on on Saturday. So I made, uh, I made a whole thing of brownies. I made uh, like 18 cream cheese blackberry danishes. Oh, nice. You want some? I got a whole... I'm down. They're saved. I know how to store them well. Okay, oh, yeah. gotcha. I'll bring you some. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I made a coffee cake, which came out... It came out good. Not my best. Okay. Still good, though. Uh, and then I made... Oh, I got some ice cream. And uh, yeah. Pizza. Nice. Yeah. I still have some meatballs, too. I love food, dude. I, I, 
Trust me, I, I do too. Food. But yeah, <laughs> food. Hail I'm not. Food. I'm not that much of like a. Like right now with my job, I wake up at like fucking eleven or one. Uh, do you hate I, that? I, it's you like it's getting up early. Good and bad. I I I would rather be on a schedule that lets me get up early. Um, but in the most degenerate way, staying up all night, getting hammered, and then going into work at six p.m. It feels good. It's so fun. It feels so good to be bad. Yeah, it really does. But I, I, I know it would be a lot better for me, and I would, I could do more stuff that I should be doing, like cooking my own food and shit. Because like, hmm. I wake up at like two. I, I don't feel like cooking before work. Absolutely not. Yeah. So, hmm. what's yeah. your what's your weekend? What are the days that you kind of have off? Generally Monday or and Sunday. Um. This week I have Wednesday off. It's it's really random depending on when they need me in the club. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I generally have Thursday, Friday, Saturday at work. So they'll give me like some early weekdays off. Why don't you me- uh, meal prep? You ever try that? Yeah, I did it for a little bit. Uh, Dude, get get like a fuck. Get like. Uh, let's see. Get like three pounds of ribs or something. Shove them in the oven for three hours. Pack them up. Right. Yeah. And that's what you have. And then if you have time to make some eggs with it or some other thing, right? But if not, pull them out, heat them up, and just eat them. Yeah. Keep it moving. Uh, I've, I've, I, I, at one point I was doing like a, something like that where I made uh, like chicken and egg, like burritos. Like I said, I was, Yeah, I, but that's too involved, right? But it is just a burrito. You got to look it up on YouTube. Well, I don't know about you. You live in Texas, but like I, I think you're born in a burrito here or something, right? But yeah, I mean, it was, it was a, as much a burrito as a wrap, I I just have like these uh tomato basil wraps, yeah, sun dried tomato basil wraps, which those are pretty are fire, yeah. yeah. Um, I've had those, so I would, yeah, it was very simple. But then you have to YouTube how to like wrap a burrito. No, I I, I, I work Taco Bell and oh, Sonic. Okay. I'm I'm pretty good at wrapping a burrito. I can't wrap a blunt, but I can <laughs> wrap a burrito. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> will somebody beat you if you? <laughs> no, no, no. It's just I have familial tremors. I, literally, I can't roll anything with weed. Yeah, weed goes everywhere because my hands shake and it's just like. Hmm. I should say that that's what I have when I can't roll a blunt, <laughs> as an excuse. It I'm is like, the best excuse. Like, sorry, I have a disability, and I was trying to do you a favor. It is uh, the familial tremor thing comes in so handy. I had a cop. Uh, it, it was here actually after a kid got ran over right in front of the club. And they 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 I don't came. Know why I laughed right now when you said that? But okay, <laughs> uh, it's not like it was a clown car. But okay, <laughs> the the cops came and they're like, "Hey, we need this footage. Either you give us the footage, or we're gonna come and take your hard drive." And so I went out with like a little bit of footage on my phone, and I was showing it to them, and my hands shaking. And one of the cops goes, "Oh, why are you scared? You, your hands are all shaky." I'm like, "I have familial tremors," and he just looked dejected and was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm sorry." And walked away. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, bad. Yeah, because at this point, they don't want to get canceled. Asshole. They're, they're like, uh, <laughs> please don't get me fired. Don't tweet about this. <laughs> Damn, dude. Cops. Well, you know. Okay, so do, when you smoke weed, does it do they go away a little bit? Do they? Does your hand calm down? You know, it, like those videos where somebody um, has a facial tick and then they'll smoke some weed and mm-hmm. then their face just kind of. I don't think it uh, it does it with weed as much, but I feel like that's because I smoked so much weed. Mm-hmm. Like at this point, any real effect mm. 
we normally would have on a normal person, it doesn't have meat until I'm like mm-hmm. five or six bowls deep. I think that's at that point, that's when you can call it a vice. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's when it's a vice. For sure. I, <laughs> and it's like, and it's medicinal, man. It's and what, it's like, does it do anything for you? That's medicinal. Not anymore, man. <laughs> for <laughs> sure. Do it, do it. That's, that's why I, like, I don't really smoke whenever I'm by myself anymore. It's mm-hmm. more of a social thing. Yeah. Like, uh, I really only smoke if I'm hanging out at the house with someone or here with someone. I can't smoke alone ever. I mean, every time I've tried, it's always been, it's always ended up with me, like, on a dark rooftop holding a knife by myself you know because i think somebody's gonna come parkouring over the rooftops and kill me or something I, i've literally done that so your your yeah. life becomes an assassin's creed game all oh of a sudden. my god my life becomes grand theft auto just you name it it's just i, I can't do it that's why i stopped because it, it was too much i get almost schizophrenic you know yeah. so not like i do anything but i will sit there and like everybody looks like a cartoon to me but like in a grotesque way overanalyzing everything I, and every movement like it's bad yeah uh so i just don't do it but for some reason mushrooms have do not have that effect on me whatsoever that's that's cool i like it everybody i feel like everybody kind of has something that could really benefit them like that that way like a psychedelic or or a mild hallucinogen like we yeah um unless you are schizophrenic in um, which case don't do shit don't take your medication yeah (laughs) yeah that that is the the issue where you're like, yeah, with some latent schizophrenia or something gets exacerbated and shit. And yeah. I think there's a famous serial killer. That's exactly how he started. That, is that he took uh-huh. acid and it and it um it enhanced or exacerbated his delusions of um, grandeur and persecution. Yeah. To yeah. a point he just so then he just started killing people. Yeah, that's a completely like logical thing that could happen and then people who are like nah man oh psychedelics are good for you you know they have studies it's like yeah they have studies of maybe like a hundred to two hundred people we we haven't been doing hallucinogens regularly long enough for any decent studies to have happened for sure if you have some mental shit wrong with you yeah it's the internet dude it's the internet trip balls yeah could totally make it worse. Mm-hmm. Like Charles Manson, uh, there was that whole thing with chaos, um, CIA and six, secret history of the sixties. Mm-hmm. Fucking, they taught Charles Manson how to get people, how to influence people while on acid. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, if he would have done that to somebody even worse off mentally than him, imagine the monster that would have been. Created. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the thing about Charles Manson is, uh, have you ever heard of the play, the Bakai? Okay, is this ancient Greek play? Oh, play. Okay, I didn't know whether you said play or plague. Plague. This ancient Greek plague called herpes. Have you ever heard of it? (laughs) Uh, It's called the Bacchae, and it's a short play. It's really good. They've made. I can't even tell you the the degree of subculture that this thing created. Uh, It's a B. I don't know how to spell B A C H A E. I think. Okay. Something like that. But it's like uh, it's Dionysus, basically. You know, that's the, the, that's the Roman ritual. version. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know how Dionysus is the god of uh, drink, revelry, mm-hmm. partying. Yeah. Right? But the ancient, the more ancient, like Greek version, right, is also that. But it's it's like more than that. It's darker than that. Like Dionysus, uh, but um, 
actually comes from even pre-Greek. Like the Greeks adopted him from a, an even older, like more ancient civilization that came before them. Right. Like he's he is a god that kind of he's so uh, relevant. It just kind of pulls into other cultures. Yeah. Because yeah, he's he's more than just the god of drink. He's the god of uh, madness. He's the god of of uh, drunken sleep, right? Like peace, rest. He's mm-hmm. the he's like a born from the earth, right? Okay. And uh, he's like I don't even know how to explain it. There's a YouTube video about it that's pretty good, but it's he's basically um, he's a god that uh, is he's a god of like the weird. Yeah, you yeah. know, he's the god of like uh, transformation and manipulation. He's the god of illusion. That's what he really is, that, and and madness. That makes sense with like. The old Dionysian rituals and shit. Like, uh, uh, I read a book recently. I think it was either Graham Hancock or I forget who. Maybe Stephen Pressfield. um, About how they found, like, hallucinogens in the jugs of wine from those rituals and shit. Like, like they would take Mm -hmm. wine and, like, ferment Mm -hmm. shrooms in them or some Mm -hmm. shit. Like that. And then... Yeah, those those old rituals, they would do wild shit, like some sacrificing and shit, Mm -hmm. like dark Mm -hmm. shit, even though it's supposed to just be, or we think of it as just being like the god of alcohol or something. It's like the god of insanity and illusion. It's wild shit. It's so, dude, the Bakai is so great because uh, they've made a a bunch of great plays and movies based off of it that like spin off of it. Mm -hmm. Then there's the original, which is good too. The original is basically Dionysus, um, comes back from Greece after traveling around the world and gaining his godhead following, right? And, you know, the unique thing about him is that he he attracts women. Okay. Right? And that's this is where the Charles Manson thing comes in. Yeah. Because uh, what he's tapping into, Charles Manson, psychologically, is an ancient psychological phenomenon where women would become deranged by uh, proximity to this... Um, uh, g- uh, gender neutral that's the term now but uh what was the term like 10 years ago oh, um uh it starts with an a i think yeah uh, uh ambiguous ambiguous like this sexually ambiguous male right and they would follow him into the woods right and then they would engage in these rituals yeah. and if a man were to come into that during the rituals they would rip him apart right like these women would become so crazed, right? That the, and but it's just um, it's what the the play the Bakai is kind of based on this this yeah, uh, yeah. myth. So it's about a king uh, who, when he hears of the Dionysus coming back to Greece, right, denies that it's him. He's like, "This isn't a god. This is just some fucking gay guy," you know. Or so like literally, you know, this, this guy's a fag, you know. I don't get him out of here, right? And he's and like everybody's like, "Dude, you, he's he's a god, dude." Okay, we saw him, right? And they're like, no, fuck this faggot, you know, get him out of here, you know. And then and then uh and then his his um the king's wife and her and her daughters, who are responsible for Dionysus' mother's death. Oh. Um, because they tricked his mother. She was banging Zeus. Dionysus is the son of Zeus. So she's banging they tricked her. They were like, Oh, you're not banging Zeus. If you're banging Zeus, tell him to show you how he really looks, right? And she she fell for it. So she asked him, she's like, If you love me, you would tell me, you would show me how you looked. And Zeus is like, uh, that's not a good idea. 
because I'm a god. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, um, you don't love me. You know, she did that whole thing. She's like, look at my tits. You don't love it. And he's no, I love your tits. I love you. Right. <laughs> and he's like, all right, fine. Right. And he just like Scooby Doo unzips his face and then becomes lightning and incinerates her. Right. Naturally. And, uh, <laughs> right. But she's already pregnant. So Dionysus is what's left over. Oh, okay. So Zeus, you know, Hera, jealous, right? Mm-hmm. He he hides Dionysus from Hera by sewing him into his thigh until he reaches full fetus. I love, I love, yeah, it's mythology logic. Sew it into a thigh. Yeah, and then he springs forth <laughs> from it, and he's already like fucking weird. You know, yeah. he has like snakes around his hair. He has like horns, and he's just like he's like this dark fucking emo. You know, it's like sub. You know, and and Zeus is like, all right, well. You got to get the fuck out of here because Hera is going to find right? So he's like, all right, right. And he has adventures and then he builds his following, comes back to Greece. The king's like, you're not him, right? And uh, his wife and daughters who killed his mother, basically, are like, yeah, fuck that guy, right? And so he puts them under his spell. The girl, the women are really susceptible to him, right? Yeah. And they so they become crazy. All the women in Thebes become insane. They follow him into the woods, right? And uh, And so the king is like, what the hell? You know, but he just thinks it's like, Bonnaroo or something you know like he still doesn't want to admit that something weird's yeah. happening right so he's just like you guys aren't a fucking god but you know we gotta get these women out of the fucking woods right and uh and then some shepherds come and they're like dude i saw your wife in the woods and your daughters and shit right and all these women and he was like what are they doing he was like dude they're like scratching the earth and like milk is coming out of it right and they're like doing all kinds of they're naked you know he's like what and the shepherd's like and then when i when i saw your wife i was like hey bitch get back in the kitchen you know your, your man's looking for you right the wife was the like the minute they saw that a man was around them they they went crazy right and they took the shepherd's cattle and ripped them apart alive with their bare hands right through the pieces and the trees right and then they start and then these women just start fucking like football running towards the shepherd to like kill him right so him and the other guy they run away right and they run to the king and they tell him about that right and the women are doing crazy shit like even worse like they tried to catch him the king goes with his people, right? And the women like kills, they kill all the men. And then they run to a nearby town. They kill all the men in there. They take the women and then they run back into the woods. All these bitches are just running in the woods naked, just <laughs> freaked out, right? Yeah. And so, and the king is like, oh my God, right? And so he blames Dionysus as like this hippie guy who's ruining the youth and the women, right? right? So he gets him arrested. But Dionysus allows himself to get arrested because he wants to teach this guy a lesson, right? So he's like, put him in the put him in the shed with the cows or whatever. And Dionysus is like, you're going to regret this, right? He's like, shut up. Man. And so what happens is, uh, this all happens off stage. but basically uh, he tricks uh, the king into thinking that he's still holding him when now he's holding a cow. Like this is where the illusion starts to come right. in, right? So And he's going crazy. He's driving this man insane, right? And then, so the guy's tying up the steer, thinking that the cow is this Dionysus guy. Dionysus is just sitting in a chair across the room, like, how's that going? He's like, yeah, I'll get you. Don't do it. Right? <laughs> and then finally, then he realizes it's a cow. He's like, what the fuck? And then he looks and he sees Dionysus' shadow on the wall. And he and he's like, what the hell's happening, right? And then the, the, the whole temple shakes. I mean, the castle crumbles to the ground, bursts into flames. You know, the king is like, what the fuck is going on, right? And then Dionysus finally like sheds, you know, the 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 act because yeah. now he's finally got this guy so mentally broken that now he'll do anything he says. Right. So he convinces him 
to go into the woods and get his wife and see what they're up to. Yeah. Which is taboo, forbidden. Yeah. Right. And the guy's like, but they'll know it's me. He's like, you got to dress up as a woman. And this is how he gets back at him, you know, calling Dionysus a fag, basically, right? Yeah. So he makes him dress up as a woman, parades him through the city, and gets him to go watch his mother, his wife, his daughters in the woods. And then he's like, hey, you want to see them better? I'm going to put you on this tree, right? And he takes a tree with his bare hand, he just pulls it down, and he's like, go ahead, stand on that. And the guy's so crazy, he doesn't notice that that's insane, that this guy just grabbed the tree like nothing, Right. right. And he goes, all right, yeah, good idea. So he gets on the tree, lets it, lets it go, Dionysus lets it go, and the tree goes back up, which makes him visible to all the women in the woods. So the minute that happens, they go in, they go crazy again, right? So and they just tear, they tear the tree down with their fingers. That's how many of them they're crazy, right? And he falls, crashing in the middle of them, and his mother crawls up to him, and he's like, Mom, don't you recognize me, right? And she rips his head off. She thinks that he's a lion. She's insane. They're all wow. insane. Yeah, yeah. This shit gets so dark. <laughs> and so the king's uh, dad is like waiting in the, in the city for them. And his daughter, the king's mother, comes back cradling his head and like gives it to the grandfather and all this stuff. And it's just like, it's such a dark play. But it has created, if you go on YouTube and look this stuff up, there are music videos that celebrate this play. There are just all kinds of people playing sh music based off of it. There's a Minecraft play of this play. There's, there's a production. Minecraft everything. I know, but there's, it's just so funny. It's like 14-year-olds, they think that they're um, Dionysian worshippers, you know? And so they're, they're like into that. You go on Reddit, there's a bunch of that, you know? And then there are two really good like productions of this thing. One is like, not that at all, but it's based off of it. It's called My Dinner with Andre. Have you ever seen that? Mm -mm. It's so beautiful, but it's it's all dialogue, so you got to be in the mood for that, right. like a Tarantino film. Yeah, you know. But it's it's like it'll blow you away, and it's just two guys having dinner and talking. So, but it's all based off of the Bakai, and then there's another one. It's a 1960s production of it, but more like hippie, you know, freeform. Like they just kind of spin off of the play and make their own kind of thing. Yeah. And it's really good. It's like, I think it's called uh, uh, Bakai 69 or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good, man. Uh, if you want to see a bunch of naked people pretend they're a big pussy and birth a man out of them, you know, then we, that's the one to see. We had something similar to that on our, on our stage over here mm -hmm. of our perverts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Perverts is like a Bacanti kind yeah. of style. But that's what I'm saying. Like once you read that play, you know a little bit. You start to see it everywhere. Yeah. Every time a guy is in a is a, in a rock group as the rock lead. Right. And he's fucking gyrating his hips and his fucking babe, shirtless. Huh? And then all of the groupies are like, ah, who do you want us to kill for you? <laughs> you know, and they're just like on acid. Right. And Charles Manson. That's all the Bakai, yeah. right? It's all the same like psychological mechanism. And that's why people think women are crazy. You know what I'm saying? And that's why women women like don't understand what's in them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like what the potential is in them specifically to be crazy in that particular way. Yeah. But it's fucking there. <laughs> and then it's like and any woman who doesn't say doesn't know like acknowledge that, it just isn't aware of it. And that they're the most dangerous ones because they are the ones that get crazy the fastest. You ever notice that? I mean, if, if you don't, have, if you're a woman and you don't have a good sense of humor, and you think that everything, if you're Hillary Clinton, basically, okay, 
right? It's like they I act like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they act like they have it all together. But yeah. you know that those are the craziest fucking yeah. bitches that exist because yeah. they don't know that they're crazy. No, oh, yeah, they, or, or they think that that what they're crazy is is just some something else where they're just like no my, my way of thinking is right yeah yeah <laughs> oh, no i'm just a boss bitch it's so you're you're a fu- you're the boss of fucking crazy bitches bitch <laughs> you know it's what is it what are you gonna do yeah it's okay but that's why i think that's why men are physically stronger because women are so insane that they have to be because it's we need somebody to restrain us occasionally yeah you know what i mean like yeah. men can abuse the power, of course, right? I'm yeah. not saying that like men are uh, amazing. We're human beings, but I'm just saying like I'm glad you guys got the upper body strength, you know. George Clooney was right. Yeah. What was he? What was he right about? That was, that was oh. a joke. Um, <laughs> what did he uh, say? Well, at one point he was uh, in a interview with Barbara Walters because he said uh, uh, sometimes you have to hit a woman. <laughs> sometimes, listen. <laughs> <laughs> let's just leave it there but <laughs> to, to say that you never have to hit a woman is so stupid yeah you know what i mean a woman comes at me with a knife i'm sorry she's catching some hands knock that bitch lay her out <laughs> flat she'll stab you yeah right yeah come on you don't need much strength to stab stab so it's like what you want your your dying wish as like blood gushes out of your open jugular to be like i'm so glad that i was a feminist in these final moments let them know i didn't put hands on her yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) no i'm going out like a gentleman (laughs) grave some reads he never hit a woman yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes and it's like you know whatever dude whatever okay like we'll just exist with the knowledge of how the world really works while everybody else just yeah acts like it's not like that anyway so thanks for letting me rant about the bakai oh that was great yeah. and, and uh, i feel like that's a good little segue into small god hell yeah hell yeah <laughs> dionysus is not a small god no no but they probably in, never will be in a Thebes, there there was there is a Dion, dionysus like uh, god for sure i yeah. remember them him talking about it whenever they were sailing up to phoebe yeah so yeah uh-huh. um I, I can't imagine what the disc world Bakai would be that would be some wild shit like <laughs> fucking a dragon or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Do you watch Rick and Morty? Yes. You ever see that episode with the slutty dragons? Yes. That was hilarious. Yeah, that was good. So good because like yeah, and then it it was kind of like disco. Like there was a a wizard version of Rick. Yeah. That was that was a great episode. Yeah, that was that was probably one of the top episodes for sure. <laughs> So Dionysus, yeah, you're right, uh, exists, exists in a form in Discworld. And I guess all of the really ancient gods, yeah. not the superfluous, like, I don't even know which one would be that. Um, maybe like the god of, you know, ceramic or whatever, you know, like that's not important. But the but Aphrodite is another one. Yeah. Pre- she predates Greek uh, belief. Yeah. And, uh, and they're kind of eternal. Yeah, yeah. There's always those kinds of archetypes exist forever yeah they, they for sure have a like offler the crocodile god mm-hmm. in in Discworld is yeah. for sure egyptian yeah. um the crocodile god is is the god of what though well in our world um it was just the god of the nile it was it was the god of like it, yeah i'm gonna look it up actually whenever egypt was uh like whenever they created that the nile was a lot 
bigger and there was more water yeah in that area so they would pray to that god so that they their ships would get back safe and all that kind of shit yeah so yeah his name was sobek mm-hmm. he's the nile crocodile so he's kind of um the Nile, but also like kingly power, fertility, military prowess, right? Yeah. That that totally makes sense. A crocodile's yeah. good for that. Yeah. I'm glad they picked the crocodile. Hippos were also big there. Yeah, that would be hilarious. <laughs> That's a giant. There is a hippo god. There's a hippo god, but there, hippos. Yeah. Did you know hippos actually attack and kill more people than crocodiles? Yeah, but also it's that is that's because they're more of a. I feel like you're a. They were asking for a kind of guy. <laughs> That's what it felt like right now. Because <laughs> well, they're they're more of like a prey animal. Like they don't have sharp teeth. They eat vegetation. Like have they you have seen their jaws. They they have giant mouths and giant teeth. But it's not like they're like canines. Like they're not like spiky. They're just big square lumps of teeth. And so it's like they live in waters with hundreds of crocodiles Mm -hmm. so they're used to hey there's something in the water if it's bigger than a goat let's just kill it yeah yeah but that's what i'm saying because they're gonna they because they're gonna get either they're gonna get killed so it's just this their size and the fact that they get attacked by everything that's why they attack everything I'm not saying they don't have a reason. Look, everything in nature has a reason to do what it does. Even crocodiles. Crocodiles are just too fucking dumb to do anything else, honestly. They get these little pea brains. They learn one skill. Sneak up from behind yeah. and then like twist your neck off. That, oh. And they and it worked. Or ambush. Just like yeah. lay there in ambush. They only do ambush. <laughs> have you ever been to a crocodile farm? I, I mean, Louisiana, you have to have been. Alligator. Alligator farm? It's the same thing. They, they do the same. They have the same tactic, mm-hmm. but it's allowed them to dis- survive as a species. They outlive the dinosaurs, yeah, yeah. right? Because it, it just works. It, like sharks. The two stupid things that just figured out how to do what they needed to do, the bare minimum, yeah. to just not die. Their brains are stupid, but their bodies are stupid smart. Exactly. Like, uh, yeah. the I, I don't know whether it's alligators or crocodiles or both, but it, let's say like a lake freezes over. The crocodile's entire body will shut down mm-hmm. and whenever it freezes and just go into like a deep sleep hibernation mode. Yeah. And it could live for like months like that. Yeah. That's and that's, crazy. but that's so, in a way it's like your body is smarter than you are. Yeah. That's your life. Yeah. That's, I don't know how I feel about that. But anyway, <laughs> what I'm saying is hip, hippos, by the way, I love hippos. There is, um, on YouTube, you see this uh, baby hippo at the Seattle Zoo that got raised. From oh, Earth. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they, you know, and I like how they can't float. That's hilarious. They can just sink, you yeah. know, and just kind of like walk around. Uh, I found out from watching that YouTube video that the reason why they have those big mouths, sensitive mouths, because that's how they communicate with each other. That's how they show affection. They mm. take their mouths, because that's the softest part of them, and they just kind of like stroke the inside of each other's mouths. Hmm. Like the soft tissue. Okay. That's kind of cool. But that said, they are fucking terrifying when they're mad. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen a video of one attacking? Yeah. That shit fucking, no more cuddly nothing. They're like bears, right? Bears are just like, "Mm, I want honey, right? And then the minute they are not like that anymore, they turn into like mafia enforcers. You know, like no nonsense. I'm going to fucking break you right now. Yeah, they'll they'll charge across an entire river to fuck something up. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's wild. Something to see. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But 
<laughs> so you got all these gods existing in this world. This is not the first book. This is the 13th book. Am I right? I or... think so. Okay. And so we're starting with this book, technically, uh, because this is the introduction of death, like a really good introduction of the yeah. character of death, the death of rats, and also death's granddaughter, Susan, you can say it. You Wait, no, no, that was soul music. Small guys doesn't introduce. Oh, crap. Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong one. <laughs> no, uh, there's there's decent. Um, well, but death is in look this at one. death. Yeah, he, yeah. he comes in a little bit, but uh, I, I kind of chose this one just because it was a good look. I felt like at, yeah. uh, okay. the gods and fantasy like magic in this world and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I do kind of like that we're doing this one after Hogfather because a big part in uh, in this story is like belief, mm -hmm. like how much belief does Om have and that mm -hmm. determines how powerful he is mm -hmm. because only Bretha is believing in him. And with Hogfather, it was all about belief. You know, how many people still believe in the Hogfather? And then I really liked, we, did, we didn't talk about it before, but on the Hogfather, whenever they have Hex, the, the computer, mm -hmm. and he was like, do you believe in the Hogfather? Like getting an AI to be like yeah i believe in this yeah fucking well, it's like a steampunk ai almost yeah dude, yeah that was so great <laughs> this ai that writes with a quill <laughs> so that's pretty funny i yeah. like that um but yeah uh yeah so do you think that do you is there some part of you because i think there is some part of people that believes that what you believe exists because you believe it do you think that? Um, and that the more people believe it, the more it exists? Or do you think it's all there? Uh, people just kind of looking at certain things more than others? I've gone in between. I don't I don't think that there's like, we believe in this being so it comes to be. But I do think that like, ultimately, there's probably like a, like a Futurama-esque God, universe God mm -hmm. thing up there. And mm -hmm. then somehow that is connected to all like conscious living things. I've done too much S and shrooms to not think that. And then, so since we are all connected to this one weird fucking thing that doesn't really give a fuck, uh, some influence through that, uh, ex that kind of psychic connection or whatever fucking connection it is that, that power of us thinking about shit all together can influence stuff in certain ways. Okay. But it can only influence us, right? Us as a society. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I can see what you mean. I definitely agree with that. I, I believe that, you know, what we're able to be aware of at any one time is so narrow in scope compared yes. to what's actually available. They, that it may as well be the case that whatever you believe exists because you believe it. Yeah. Way. Or you're like, you're connected to something and you just kind of yeah. instantiate it or whatever the manifest, visualize it, manifest it. Yeah. Yeah. Show me your vision board. I'll show you mine. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that this is the world, and also this is a good book because uh, it really kind of it it's kind of all about the premise of this world to begin with, which yeah. is this turtle. You know, the, the world is yeah. on it. Yeah, it's so you hear that over and over again. You really kind of it gets in your head, like you understand what's happening, and then you understand that there's a conspiracy. Yeah. Um, because people don't believe that. Yeah, they, they don't believe in the turtle. Well, the in Atun. In uh. 
that's specifically with the Omnians, which is like the Vatican. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're. You think Omnia is Vatican City? It's either Vatican City or like uh, uh, I think it won't. In one of the things it said, uh, it was it was based on a place between the Vatican and Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and so yeah, it's it, they they want it to be just Om, and they literally just like I love how he he talks about like taking over other gods. Om, Om's like, oh yeah, I remember uh, Ergilish, mm-hmm. and uh, whatever happened to him, and then he he's like remembering, oh yeah, we went through and fucking sacked their entire city, and and. My prophecy was that we'll be we'll be uh, lighting a fire. We're using their houses, but it was like a prophecy he made five minutes before, and he's like, "Yeah, but it came true, so it's a prophecy." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's kind of Ter- Terry Pratchett's like writing style. You yeah. know, you kind of you constantly get like these really good uh, humorous insights with the dialogue yeah. and everything. And I find it funny that it's called Omnia because that's definitely a play on like Om, right? Om. The Buddhist Om, which is supposed to encompass everything. Right. But it's it's uh, ironically um, trying to basically eliminate everything yeah. instead and just be its own, and be the only thing. Solitary, just just the God. Om. Yeah. Well, he's so clever. This Terry Pratchett guy. Yeah. Uh, OK. Quite a witty man. Yeah. Where's he buried? Do I you know? imagine in London, like England somewhere. What do you think? What part of the London kind of has a J.K. Rowling thing going on with the dark hats and the. Yeah, he he was a very uh, wizardy dude. Yeah. They had a, uh, I remember like before, either before he died uh, or something, he, he had a, I forget what disease. Um, Wizard's disease. It makes you look like a wizard. <laughs> no, he. Uh, he caught it from a bearded hooker. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I and I shouldn't even speak on it if I don't know it. But but he he was doing this special like uh. It's treat- a podcast. We're not supposed to be accurate. True. Don't worry about it. He was he, he had like a mental uh, disorder and uh, it was like degenerative and but he he was doing this treatment for it with like this special UV chair. Like it, it was a wild thing where he like had this helmet that he would put on and it would like shoot UV waves or some shit into his head. I was like, man, you're you're going hard with the sci-fi here. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy. I wonder what 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 therapy that was. I don't know. I I should have looked it up. <laughs> well, no, those are those are these are cool things to look up. It's kind of why I like talking about books because it's all the shit around the book yeah. that you end up uh, talking. Because once you read the book, you read the book. Yeah. And then you know another person read the book, and then all you do, you just kind of go, "That was good, right?" And you're like, <sighs> you know, but but that's why. It's What's good the next to, one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anything the next one's coming? You don't have much to say about it, and uh, you know, because it was you read through it. Yeah. But talking about the author and all that stuff is pretty cool. Let's see. Oh, he had Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. Right. Right. And so, misdiagnosed as having a minor stroke a few years before. Doctors believe had damaged the right side of his brain. So, describing the, the diagnosis, he appealed. Appeal, let's see. Um, he met the Prime Minister, Gordon Brown. Okay. And asked for an increase in dementia research funding. And then he went, are you my grandson? Right. And then he just, like, <laughs> walked away. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, and then he's in 2009. He wanted to die by assisted suicide, and then he went. Uh, Never mind. I thought I was talking to somebody else. <laughs> and then he, 
Uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of what happened to Robin Williams, right? Robin Williams, but Robin Williams, see, that's the difference between the United States and, and the UK, you know? This guy felt like he had to ask for permission. And Robin Williams was like, this is America. I'm going to fucking have a cheeseburger and say yeah. goodnight. Yep. Yeah. So. And in and, and Canada, they're literally fucking getting people who are like in poverty to fucking commit suicide. Oh, yeah. Are you poor? Well, come on down. <laughs> we'll help you. It's like, are you going to help me not be poor? <laughs> in a sense. Yeah, we'll fix your situation. <laughs> I mean, we're going to relieve the burden that you pose to society. So, yes, <laughs> we will stop you from being poor. <laughs> God. Come on in. <laughs> fucking assholes. Oh, man. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's it's just look. I think suicide should, like, I don't think you should get the state involved. I think it's like. Yeah, no, it definitely should be a personal. Yeah. Like, that's. That's one of those things where it's like, what needs to change is the culture around it. Yeah. And, and, and everybody else just shut the fuck up. I don't want to sign a paper for anything related to certain things like drugs, like abortion, like uh, suicide, you yeah. know? I, I don't for sure the only thing the one thing everyone should be allowed to have in their own hands is their own life of course at like the bare minimum bare minimum <laughs> it's wild that that's like a oh even a question yeah that's shut up and also like what the fuck are you gonna do about it right right if i jump off a cliff what are you gonna do huh arrest me because I didn't do it my through broken the broken body the, at the bottom of the cliff. Yeah. What are we? What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. You're gonna process me through the proper bureaucratic channels, you know? No. And then what they do is they charge your family extra for the fucking funeral or whatever the fuck. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like the only the only service that assisted suicide, like state sanctioned assisted suicide, would serve is for them to be able to like tax or penalize somehow. Yes. Which is always what they. They have, to make want. A, they have to make the tiny bit of money that you're fucking, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pieces of shit. Yeah. Fuck that. Man. Going a little hard this episode, everybody. Yeah. I, whatever. <laughs> anyway. Well, I'm, this, I'm this, down for it. Um, Just fucking roll with it. Just say what you say. What, say speak from the heart. That's all that matters. <laughs> whatever you say. And then if you're wrong, so, so fucking what? Just so apologize. Don't even apologize. Just nah. change your mind. Yeah. So uh, there's nothing about the therapy, but okay. I guess it was Alzheimer's. Yeah. And I guess he was trying to shoot UV rays in his head. Something. That sounds like an Alzheimer's-y <laughs> solution. It's like, besides, can't you just sit in the fucking beach? Get UV rays in your brain that way. I, I guess mean, I guess you can't get it like right in your yeah, brain. Yeah, like inject UV rays into your skull. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, I hope they figure that out soon. Uh, okay. So we got this world that Terry Pratchett built. It's Discworld, right? So Omnia is trying to eliminate all the other gods yeah. that are competition, right? Their god existed for thousands of years thousands. Because, of, because of the power of the belief, right? And then what happens to him in this book is, and here we go, is the plot. The great god Om tries to manifest himself once more in Discworld, right? Because the time of his eighth prophet is coming close to is coming near, yeah. right? So I guess every hundred years or whatever, he has to get a new prophet to speak to people and impress them yeah. and like 
tap dance on water and like make people just like ooh, you know, and then they cash in again for um yeah for another hundred years or whatever. And then they go vanquish their enemies and commit jihad, right? Stabby, 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 stabby. Stabby, stabby, Bernie, Bernie, yeah, yeah Bernie, Bernie, Bernie for the great god Alm. <laughs> and so when he does that, though, he finds that he's actually manifested into the body of a tiny little uh, tortoise, mm-hmm. and he's completely stripped of his divine powers. Yeah. And so when you read this book, you get a sense of that through the the quick switching of perspective. Yeah. Thing, right so you you have to pay attention to catch it yeah so it actually starts with the gardens of omnia's capital capital of calm so in the gardens he addresses the novice brother 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 yeah, it's 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 a, it's a weird one, especially whenever they say it in the audiobook. It's like Baratha. I thought it was B A R A T H A whenever I first heard it, but then I'm like, no, it's brother. Like, I think it's because it's the British, you know, they're the Baratha. it's brother. Baratha. Brother. <laughs> what are you thinking, brother? <laughs> I like British accents. Uh, only one able to hear his voice is brother. Nobody else. Yeah. So Um has a hard time convincing brother of his godliness because he's a tiny little shitty tortoise. Probably like the ones that, uh, you know, used to find in Chinese markets with the little red stripes yeah. on either side. He's I have just one, one, one of those. those. Yeah. Yeah. Those were great. <laughs> so uh, brother's convinced that Om can do anything. So he, why would he be a tortoise? Right. right. So it's hard to convince him. Now, brother's gifted with eidetic uh, me- uh, memory. Eidetic? Eidetic. Basically just photographic memory yeah. for the layperson. Yeah. So he's therefore chosen by Vorbis, the head of the Quisition, to accompany him on a diplomatic mission to Ephebe as his secretary. Ephebe in this world... Is like Greece. It's Greece, yeah. basically. Yeah, it's, it is pretty much Greece. Yeah. Um. I always, uh, one of the things I like about brother, uh, just like thinking like, what if Jesus's only power was that he had a photographic memory? Right. What if that was like his only thing? That's pretty impressive. It's, it's pretty good. People are very forgetful. <laughs> so a person who has a good memory probably should be respected more than anyone who could walk on water. Yeah. Fuck walking on water. You know? Yeah. He can, he literally memorized an entire library. It was yeah. like, yeah. You you memorize an entire library. That's 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 impressive. <laughs> Walking on water is like nah, right? I get, get some th- glass. Yeah, get some floaties, <laughs> right? Who cares? So yeah, it's pretty good. And uh, they get to a Phoebe, and they run into a lot of interesting people. They, first, they, they run into like the 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 phenomenon there as known as the philosophers, right? Yeah. And the philosophers are just these really quirky, interesting. Uh, mad geniuses some of them are just yeah. masses right and they're just kind of running around half naked uh screaming the first one they they run into whenever they get off the boat is running down completely naked stops at a wall i love that scene does a chalk drawing and and the the shopkeeper right next to him is like hey here's a towel it's yours that you left last week yeah <laughs> and like it, it's the from most, the last time you ran yeah. down here and then he, and lost he your he's going to leave and he's like i'm gonna send someone down to collect the wall that yeah. i drew on it's like all right that's wild <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're just letting these these naked fucking old people just run around do whatever they want yeah and it's awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but it also like benefited because i think that's the philosopher that invented the heat ray 
that kept the Omnian fleet at yeah, bay. Yeah, yeah. In some earlier scene. Yeah, yeah. Happened. Well, it, it's Om uh, um, explains it to brother whenever they're they're getting there. He's like, uh, yeah, every you know one out of a hundred is good, but that one look up there is like, yeah, that's what's keeping them alive. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and also, um, Vorbis is telling brother about the ephibes the greeks and he's basically making them out to be these savages demons demons right yeah. because the only people that are holy and good are people the people of om yeah right and so they're like yeah we're on this uh, diplomatic mission but really we, we're gonna like we want to conquer these people because yeah. we want to save them yeah through death and destruction and rape and pillaging of course of course duh so it's a know, very religious way to do it yeah <laughs> Well, it's like, yeah, any kind of <laughs> crusade or whatever you want to call it, crusade, jihad, they're, they're the same, it's the same feeling, you yeah. know? It's like stabby, stabby, stabby for God. Let's go stabby, stabby, stabby for God. Come on, let's, guy, let's go, guys. And uh, so, however, brother is also considered unintelligent. Everybody thinks he's dumb because he never learned to read and he doesn't really think for himself. That's oh, yeah. kind of his personality at first. And he's like, a, from how he's described, like a big round face, goofy looking dude. He's a round face, he's bow-legged, <laughs> right? But he's really, but he has like very um, endearing qualities too, right? He loves gardening, he's yeah. really good at it. And uh, and he's very innocently able to just believe. Yeah. Believe. So, and that's really important because it's literally the only thing keeping the great god Alm, who's been converted into this little powerless tortoise, it's only keeping him yeah, relevant, yeah. alive, technically. Hey, he was, and yeah, he was wandering around for three years as a tortoise until he got close enough to brother to actually remember, hey, I'm a god. Yeah. Before that, he was running away from eagles, freaking out, <laughs> munching on lettuce, right? And not really thinking about much. Nope. He probably banged another tortoise at some oh, point. Probably a couple. Yeah. They don't mention that probably because he didn't want to think about it. Yeah. I bet that happened. Because nature. What are you going to do? Yeah. And tortoise sex sounds are hilarious. Yeah. Have you ever seen that video? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They sound like retarded dolphins. <laughs> like dolphins with Down syndrome. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, yeah. So they think brother's unintelligent. And brother probably also thinks that about himself. He doesn't yeah. have a lot of entitlement yeah. about himself. He's very humble. Very humble. Yeah. <laughs> very good. He's a good boy. Yeah. And apparently his grandmother beat the shit out of him. Yeah. His, his grandmother was basically like a, a tyrant. A, a slightly nicer version of Vorbis. Yeah. Like, Vorbis believe in Om. Um, you're going to get hit because of stuff you're going to do later in the day. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally said she used to beat him for stuff he hasn't done yet. Yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> it's a great way to build up someone as a person. Right. And so, uh, this begins to change, though, Brother's self-perception, after he discovers Ephib's philosophers. They help him yeah. find himself and find value in himself, right? The idea of people entertaining ideas they are not certain they believe or even understand let alone starting fistfights over them, is an entirely new concept to him. Yeah. That's a good sentence. That's a good yeah. soundbite there. It, it, and it it's really good to see, like, the the introduction of, like, yeah, that, that re very religious mentality just get thrust head first into, like, didactylus. Fucking mm -hmm. the... the quintessential naked guy in a water barrel thinking like crazy shit like like yeah he, he's it 
it, it's so, such a good like little glimpse into how how the old school religious mindset what's not even religion really it's the it's the government it's it's like it's totalitarianism yeah right which institutionalized yeah totalitarianism how it uh dictates how you're supposed to feel and be Mm-hmm. Who you're supposed to love, how much you're supposed to love, what you believe in, yeah. where do you go, who do you fight, when don't you know? Yeah. Totalitarianism controls your whole life. Authoritarianism. Yeah. No, no. Total because it's in totality. Okay. Like totality. Authoritarianism is um, like a bureaucratic structure, like the government structure okay. that just kind of controls, you know, yeah. people's uh, like taxes and jobs and things like that. More like economic. Totalitarian strives to control your soul, basically. Totality, right? Right. And uh, versus authority, like that. So then totalitarianism, religious totalitarianism, meets utter democracy. Yeah. Just democracy to the, to the brink of anarchy, right? Because that's what democracy is, right? It's just like everybody has the wrong idea and then they beat the shit out of each other over it right and then we all have a great time we all drink and then that's it we call it a night yeah yeah so it's like two opposites complete freedom spinning around particles you know idea particles just fucking freewheeling people just bashing each other with the head over it i'm right you know and then it's like all right let's go drink fuck it yeah yeah it's and i do think it's really good that he kind of made like with the with the uh philosophers like all all the ones he talked about the good inventions that the philosophers did it was like yeah the giant fucking parabolic mirror the catapult yeah the fucking uh thing that shoots logs into ships from underwater it's like it's all weapons it's there's (laughs) no like maybe maybe years ago there was an aqueduct Mm -hmm. but no mostly weapons (laughs) we're mostly making stuff to kill people that's what we do (laughs) of course yeah and it's but it's it's very good that he's he didn't like try to like make it seem nice it's like yeah the omnians are coming trying to kill us but also they're not defenseless innocent babies exactly but that's what's perfect yeah that's that is i feel like you know when people say nuanced perspective or whatever all it really means for the most part, unless they're talking about something more specific, is people are not good or bad. No, yeah. People are fucking crazy. Yeah. Right? And they're trying to be good sometimes. And then sometimes not even. Yeah. You know? And so once you kind of get that and then you just give up, you know, that's the closest to truth they're, that you could probably ever get. They're trying to be good within their spectrum of field of view exactly mentally and and literally and then what outside of that field of view is the is forgetfulness yeah and that's why brother's so important right because he his field of view because he can't forget anything is always 360 yeah you know what i mean yeah so where everybody else is just camera phone camera phone camera phone you know yeah and he's just like i can't forget anything (laughs) you know it's like so yeah it's pretty good so and so yeah they get to the uh they get to the city and then the labyrinth is one part i really really love oh yeah the labyrinth into the to the castle and and i it not a continuity error but like i didn't how does vorbis know that he would have needed brother so like so well 
Like he what wouldn't have he wouldn't have been able to do anything in a Phoebe without Brother. Brother is the only reason Vorbis can get in and out of the labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he memorized every single step of the every labyrinth. Every step. Because they blindfold you when you get mm-hmm. there. And then they walk you through it. And it's this whole system where even the people that lead you through it only know part of the labyrinth. Yeah. And then they hand you off to another person with a torch who guides you through the second part and so on and so on. Yeah. So you get to the inside. Yeah. To the, to the castle and the library. And yeah, all yeah. He, but what I'm saying is like Vorbis didn't know about any of that beforehand. Right. So he just so happened to bring the one person in any country probably that could help him get through the labyrinth. Yes. <laughs> I see what you mean. Well, yeah, I mean, it's... It's wild. <laughs> it, it is very much a co- uh, convenient coincidence Yeah, what Brother's Power is, <laughs> in a way, because it, it kept, keeps, it's the device that keeps the plot going. Yeah. Yeah, because Vorbis... I guess they try. He tried to kind of Terry Pratchett tried to position it where it's more. He tried to make it be like, oh no, Vorbis is just such a clever opportunist, right? That he happened to stumble on this guy. He knows how to use everybody, so he just conveniently is able to use him for every single part of his scheme. It's how convenient, right? You know, like yeah. that. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, that is a little dicey, that part, <laughs> for sure. I think he handled it well, right? Where yeah. it's, it's not, like you said, it's not necessarily a plot hole, but it does raise some questions. Yeah, because like, there is other reasons to bring Brother. Like, he is he's the simpleton. He will follow Vorbis's orders to a T. Um, but, it, it, yeah, the, the fact that he brought him along and, and Brother is, like, the only person who could remember that is... Uh, but... Yeah, he's also on a profit a, 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 a quest as a prophet that he doesn't even know that he's on. He doesn't know he's on the quest. <laughs> so. so, yeah, the stuff like that is going to coincidental happenings are going to happen. Yeah, you could say that he's just being led by divine intervention, a, divine providence. A divine turtle. Tur- divine turtle. Divine t- t- tortoise. Tortoise. Yeah. <laughs> purpose tortoise divine tortoise he's being led by divine tortoise through to you know achieving his destiny so i like vorbis uh the description of him is pretty Mm. interesting it kind of it it gives you a good flavor of each scene yeah vorbis is this person who he's described as like the inside of his mind like you can you can feel the inside of his mind and it's like uh what is it like metal like steel like a steel trap ball strap trap or something and it there's like no feeling there's nothing in there no nope. he sees nothing in anything yeah except for just how interesting things are yeah. for example how interesting it is to twist somebody's arm completely out of their socket you know yeah. like he's he's like a lizard basically yeah he, he turned over alm at one point on its back like whenever you just thought it was a tortoise and uh he knew it would suffer yeah uh, he, and then uh alm like was telling that to brother and brother's like, ah, he wouldn't do that to, to a god if he knew. And Alm's just thinking to himself, no, that man would turn flip the universe on its backside just to see how it wriggled. Yeah. <laughs> and there's something kind of immature about that. Oh, that yeah. Child- you know why? Because, sure. you know, where I grew up, and I, I really regret even living. I didn't experience or perpetrate it, but I knew of it. And it's like kids were really cruel to animals. Oh, yeah. Occasionally. Not every kid. But I grew up with it just completely like, oh, you threw a cat in a pot of boiling water, huh? Hmm. Okay, you know? And it's yeah. like, I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy knowing about that. And it like haunted me because I, you know, but I also didn't know that 
that what I was reacting to was it's because it was bad. Yeah. You know, I just thought these were like older kids and they knew how the world was. And I guess that's what you do. You know, like, I don't want to do that, but I, I don't know, you know. And uh, it wasn't until I got older, I met people who were more sensitive towards the suffering of animals that right. I was like, okay, yeah, I guess, you know. That, that was weird. That wasn't it's right. not good. <laughs> I should have said something. Yeah. You know, but I also didn't want to get beat up, you know. So, yeah. I don't know. It's a weird. Sometimes you, you, you don't have the luxury of being born to a, a situation where people will give you the right tools to yeah. have the right kind like to understand empathy yeah yeah i don't know it's and it's good to have someone who you kind of trust to talk in those situations too because like yeah. yeah i didn't have that yeah. that much <laughs> did you did you feel that way uh i somewhat had people but like most most of my time was spent i just spent by myself so i would just internalize a good bit of it me too and then where you where a lot of your family members somehow they just worked a lot they were just busy. Busy as shit. Yeah. They, they, my, my, for the most part, my parents like did give a fuck a good bit, but they were just super busy. Well, my family, it's, I don't know if I could say they necessarily gave a fuck, you know, but they were not people that I could just easily share something like that with because yeah. depending on who was involved or something, you know what I mean? They would take another person's side or something, you know what I mean? Right. And kind of try to give me like the flip side yeah. you know and um and so yeah i never got like that kind of like straight up like this is wrong right do not do that you know so i had to like learn that later okay. which kind of sucked yeah so i was just around people fucking up animals and i was just like i guess that's okay you know yeah yeah i hate that some parts of growing up are just you just you hate that you didn't know any better yeah i really do I don't know. You have anything like that? Yeah, for sure. It's there's uh something about like the innocence early on that people need to keep an eye on, like parents need to keep an eye on closely, but also give the kid the right amount of space to experience stuff, but you have to stay close enough to where they feel comfortable enough with you to talk about, "Hey, Today I saw a dude kick a cat up over a house. Like, <laughs> like kick a cat over a house. I don't know something. Ridiculous. Sounds like a nursery rhyme from some <laughs> fucked up time in like England. You like during the fucking Black Plague over a house. Yeah. <laughs> um. But no. Yeah. Like, like they 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 need to have that. Kick the cat over the house and drown the mouse in the pudding. You know, like <laughs> and la 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 fa la la we all die. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that was like children's nursery rhymes back then. Yeah, it's close. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it's it, it, they they just need to you, you, parents need to be able to re reassure their kid that they have that that uh, safe safe space with them to talk about that, and then have the trust between them that hey, the parent is has has your best interest in mind. Listen and and don't don't do with that. Well, kid that's just wonderful. To the but cat. let's be real, that's just not always going to happen. It's not. It's a, it's not. Unfortunately, like yeah. You know. 
Either they might be too busy or they might not really care too much or, or they might just be too fucked up or they might be too fucked up. And, and you tell the kid tells them a kid kicked the cat over a house and they're like, oh, wow, how far did it go? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is it a new record? Let me see. Where is that cat? Where'd it go? Wow. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So anyway, ah, that was great. Uh, that took a weird turn. Yeah. So, um, anyway, <laughs> after learning that, uh, oh, okay. So, with the help of Ephib's great library and the philosophers Didactylos and his nephew Urn, Didactylos is a blind prophet who walks around with a lantern. Yeah, I not love because that. he just does it as a gimmick. Yeah, it's fucking great. It's like a yeah, a, a lantern not lit for a guy who can't see. Perfect. Yes, exactly. It's wonderful. <laughs> Very poetic, right? Yeah. And his nephew Ern, right? They and they live in like a box somewhere because they're super broke. No, he, he lives in a barrel. He, yeah, he lives he, in a barrel. The, the quintessential idea of the the uh, naked man in a barrel, like they have in a uh, disenchanted. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, old naked philosopher in a barrel full of water mm -hmm. who just like sticks his head out every now and then is like oh, i'll say something stupid for a fucking you money. think oscar the grouch is like the contemporary spinoff oh. of that that's why he's so cranky he's just thinking about stuff all the time yeah he might be like he was oh uh, that's great mm -hmm. i like that he's probably a <laughs> professional skeptic of the of the school of the skeptics Greek oh oscar the grouch is didactylist. Mm -hmm. that's yeah. great <laughs> <laughs> so anyway so om learns that brother is his only genuine believer and that that's what's keeping him alive mm -hmm. and and not blown off into the desert with all the other small gods that's the name of the book oh my god oh. yay <laughs> yeah i got rushed to my head when, I, when that <laughs> happens uh all right all others either just fear fear the quisitions wrath which is the quisition inquisition, inquisition and they just torture people yeah <laughs> or go along with the church out of habit after learning that vorbis had facilitated the death of the missionary brother murdoch to cover up his being mocked by ephibian citizenry and to provide a casus belli i guess a reason for I, yeah. war against ephib fucking wikipedia a cause, I guess. Yeah. Cassus Belli. Mm -hmm. Brother uses his memory to reluctantly aid uh, Omnian raid through the labyrinth guarding the tyrant's palace. Okay? That that just tells you everything that just happened right there. Yeah. So, right. So, they they, they get in there. Uh, brother memorized the labyrinth. And then they can lead the army through it. And they conduct a raid. They take over everything. They lock up the tyrant. And scene. So... Ordered by Vorbis to burn down the library, Brother memorizes many scrolls in order to protect Ephibian knowledge as Didactylos sets fire to the building ahead of them to stop Vorbis from reading the scrolls. Which is, you know, that's very Greek because I think Alexander the Great, the, historically, people yeah. just knew that he would burn libraries down, but then he would like retain the knowledge for himself and, yeah. his, and, uh, and then fuck everybody else. So, completely unrelated to the story, the librarian of the Unseen University travels through L space to rescue several of the abandoned scrolls. This is another um, uh, story or narrative that's happening in parallel yeah. with all this other stuff. It just randomly starts off and is like, oh, yeah, 
the orangutan wants to go save some books, so he travels through a spot in between bookcases in his fucking yeah. library. It's it's wild. Yeah, <laughs> which is interesting. It, it adds a little bit of color. Yeah, you know, orange orangutan color to the story, right? <laughs> which is throughout the whole story, uh, there are, um, I guess. Uh, let's see, librarians, but really they're kind of like history writers and recorders, yeah. right? And they track and make sure that history stays on track and write it, they don't have it in their big library, right? Yeah. And they, it's just all knowledge. So they're kind of, they kind of exist almost in an alternate dimension to everything that's happening in this story. Yeah. And they're a part of Brother's story, Yeah, right? There's, a, there's like that Asian guy who's just kind of working in the garden uh, with Lu- him. Luce. Yeah, Luce. Who just kind of sweeps and smiles, and everybody thinks he's just a complete idiot. No, oh, yeah, and he's just waiting yep. to do his job he, the whole he, time. He's unknown to everyone, like the orchestrator of most of this shit. Yeah, like, like he traveled from miles and miles uh, for a, like a decade or something. He stopped somewhere along the way because mm-hmm. there was somebody who who needed to was going to be assassinated and right. he needed to record it. So like, yeah, he's he's <laughs> the. Uh, uh, what would be the the like the um i don't know he's kind of like the narrator of events yeah like the the recorder narrator he shapes and he just kind of just makes sure everything runs its course yeah in a very uh cosmic way so that's kind of different from the the bureaucrats from the hogfather yeah it's probably why why is he okay but then they're not is it because he's just like an individual guy well, he's good with life he he's fine with life being life. I they guess they don't like life. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because what he's doing is just channeling. Yeah, he's like nudging really, and and kind of just making th- making sure things don't just maybe even end in disaster. Yeah, right. So he and he's competent. Yeah, those bureaucrats, you get the sense they're very incompetent. For like sure. they can't even kill the Hogfather themselves. <laughs> they gotta hire some fucking yeah. assassin, and then they're just they're bureaucrats. Okay, interesting. So, uh, yeah, so he kind of like, they pop in, like that kind of world, that alternate dimension pops in when they're burning the library down in the form of that orangutan that comes in, yeah. takes the, some scrolls, everybody's like, what the fuck? And then he's like, ooh, ooh, and then he just <laughs> leaves, right? And they're just like, that was weird, right? Back to what we're doing. So, okay, he travels through L space. That's what the orangutan's traveling through. Yep. Right. Shovel scrolls. <laughs> so they're fleeing the struggle in uh, Ern's steam-powered boat, yeah, which is destroyed as the price for an earlier deal made between Alm and the Sea Queen because she wanted to kill Brother and Vorbis and the entire boat on their way to Ephib. Because to Vorbis begin with. killed a porpoise. Because somebody killed a porpoise. Yeah, exactly. Vorbis no, ordered Vorbis, a sailor yes. to kill a, a porpoise. So um, Alm struck a deal and she was like, I must kill someone eventually because I'm on my period. And then he was like, well, do it later, bitch. Right. <laughs> and then she was like, deal. So <laughs> then so on this steam powered boat trip away from the raided city, she she appears and she's like, it's time. And he's like, you bitch, you know. And, <laughs> and so uh, brother and Alm end up washed up in the desert coast. Um, that steam power boat is exploded basically yeah skyrockets into this out of the stratosphere <laughs> and uh and so th- we don't know what happened to the rest of the people on the boat we just know om and brother for now right so they start trekking home to omnia through the desert uh with vorbis vorbis yeah. is completely catatonic 
they find him he's like in a heap on the ground and they're like ugh and brother's like all right let's take this guy we don't want to leave him here to die and the tortoise is like no leave him here to die yeah. and brother's like what kind of god are you right, whatever so that's their kind of back and forth yeah um they encounter ruined temples dedicated to long dead, long forgotten gods, uh, the faint ghost-like small gods yearning to be believed in, to become powerful, the small god-worshipping anchorite, Saint Ungulant. Um, that's the guy that lives on a pole, right? Yes. Yeah. He lives on a pole and just pretends that he's eating feasts every day. Yeah. Just has an imaginary friend. The, the most elaborate feasts, but he's just talking to something. Yeah. It's not imaginary. He's talking well, to something. They think it's imaginary. And then we realize when they leave yeah. that it wasn't imaginary. Yeah. It was some small gods. Some small god. Yeah. So um, he's basically like castaway yeah. Tom Hanks, you know, if he just... Religious would, castaway. Yeah, religious. <laughs> if, he just, if he stayed on the island, he was like, no, this is what God wants. Yes. Wilson, come no, on. No. You know? Wilson, Wilson is a god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> and the human cost of Vorbis's plan of leaving caches of water in the desert to attack a phoebe actually help them right so yeah. realizing his mortality and how important his believers are to him all begins to care about them for the first time oh mm. okay so while brother vorbis and alma in the desert tyrant of a regains control of the city contacts other nations they fucking gang up they're like um this is the last straw we got to take these people out they're out of control and so Sir Sergeant Simony, a member of the anti-Omnianist turtle movement, and this is like that whole conspiracy, right? Where yeah. uh, the, the fallacious belief is that the earth goes around the sun and a ball. Yeah. That's, that's actually a lie in this planet. Yeah. The reality is the turtle. There's a turtle floating through space, guys. All right? Logically. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how else? Yeah. Um. A little bit, little bit of that satire. <laughs> All right? So, uh, yeah, so they bring the Dactylus and Urn to Omnia to organize a rebellion against the church. They appear again. That's what happened to the boat. They just exploded into the sky, landed, and then they get rolled into the rebellion. So, however, the Dactylus asserts that his seminal text, The Turtle Moves, which contradicts Omnian dogma about the shape of the Discworld, was meant to be a statement of facts rather than rallying symbols. Okay. On the desert's edge, a recovered Vorbis attempts to finish off Ulm's tortoise form. He wants to kill uh, another tortoise by happenstance. Oh, he kills another tortoise by mistake. Yeah. He knocks out and abducts Brother, proceeds to become ordained as the eighth prophet. He so he basically takes Brother's destiny away from him and elevates Brother to an archbishop to buy his silence. So uh, Brother interrupts Vorbis's ordainment. He is to be publicly burned for heresy while strapped on a heated bronze turtle as a result when Um comes to the rescue suddenly, dropped from an eagle's claws onto Vorbis's head, killing him. Let's unpack that. Dude, yeah. <laughs> I, one of my favorite scenes is just like, yeah, Vorbis, he, he talking shit with brother on the thing, uh, on the yeah. strapped to the turtle. And then you hear and like... Yeah, the yeah. whole time he's like, "What's that?" <laughs> and then dead. Yeah. So pretty cool. I bet there were a lot of people who threw tortoises off the Empire State Building. God, wow. That yeah, that would be <laughs> shit. Probably after reading this book. All right. Uh, after all right. So uh, as a great crowd witnesses the miracle of the tortoise killing a guy in the head. 
I mean, when people drop pennies off of high buildings, nobody starts believing in right uh, copper. I don't know the <laughs> copper god. But anyway, they come to believe in Alm. Everybody believes in Alm again. He becomes powerful once more. In the ethereal desert, Vorbis learns to his horror after he's dead, because everybody, when they die here, ends up in this desert. And depending on what you believed in, how good you were, that is what happens yeah. to be what you experience. Yeah, and you travel you the desert, and then whatever you believe is what's going to happen at the end of the, the trek across yeah. the desert. So what Vorbis learns when he's dead to his horror is that what he thought was the voice of Alm was in fact his own voice echoing inside of his own head, plunging him into despair and leaving him unable to cross the desert and face judgment because he can't, he yeah. realizes that there's nothing else inside of him. Yeah, he other didn't than believe own. in anything other than himself. Mm -hmm. So it's just him in the desert yeah. forever. Yeah. <laughs> Based on how psychotic you are, you might actually be into that, you know? <laughs> Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna dig a little hole in the desert. Here. Yeah, <laughs> wait a minute. It's just me and the desert. Party time. Yeah, you know, yeah. guest comes by every now and then. We get get a little saucy. <laughs> High five. <laughs> Would you bring me from the other side? <laughs> yeah. So, Om manifests himself over the citadel and attempts to grant Brother the honor of establishing the church's new doctrines. However, Brother does not agree with Om's new rule and explains that the church should care for people while having tolerance for other religious practices what? i i love that in this part whenever alms talking as like the actual god alm everything is a commandment mm -hmm. one it, like he, he starts everything off with like one like the a number like literally every sentence has to be a commandment oh that's funny i didn't even notice that yeah like yeah. Uh, consciously that's yeah funny. He, he just like I uh, one, I hate you. Yeah. Two, Are do you as I that? say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Three. <laughs> they speak in commandments. Yeah. It's so great. <laughs> so, meanwhile, Ephebe has gained the support of several other nations along the Clachian coast and has sent an army against Omnia, establishing a beachhead near the citadel. Brother attempts to establish diplomatic contact with the generals of the opposing army wishing to stop the war and subsequent retaliation before it starts. Despite trusting Brother, the leaders state they do not trust Omnia and that bloodshed is necessary. Stabby stabby time, man. Mm -hmm. At the same time, Simony leads the Omnian military, including Urn's Iron Turtle War Engine, to the beachhead in, to in order to fight the anti-Omnian alliance. This is like World War II, but like whimsical. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like if D-Day, everybody was wearing... Our uh, tank is a turtle. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, they stormed the beaches of Normandy to fight the Nazis and everybody's wearing like a rabbit, you know, like a fuzzy rabbit head. You're just like, ah. <laughs> yeah, wee. <laughs> That's their war cry. Oh, God. Imagine if wars were fought by furries on each side. Dude, uh, <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> There would be no wars because people would just be disgusted with that. Like, the fuck is wrong with you? They're, they're trying to like claw each other. What are you talking about? Meow. <laughs> is that the Yemen genocide? No, it's the foxes versus the yeah. rabbits. <laughs> yeah. So while the fighting occurs on the beachhead, Alm attempts to physically intervene, but brother demands that he does not interfere with the actions of humans. Alm becomes infuriated but obeys brother, instead traveling to Dunmanifestin. Okay, I see what you did there. Dunmanifestin. <laughs> where, God, where God's gamble on the lives of humans. This is what I'm saying. Dunmanifestin. Like, you read it to yourself if you're alone in your room and you're like... <laughs> 
<laughs> but when you're reading it out loud to a group of one person or more it all of a sudden you're just like uh yeah <laughs> we get it yeah <laughs> by yourself you're just like <laughs> yeah. yeah we get it you, you come up with some cool stuff yeah that's <laughs> like chill out dude <laughs> be cool man yeah. so brother travels to done manifested instead where gods gamble on the lives of humans in order to gain or lose belief oh this is where a really good scene comes up right yeah. we talked about this before while there all manages to unleash his fury striking other gods and causing a storm that disrupts the battle now this doesn't do it justice because he actually beats the crap out of these guys yeah, yeah it's it takes a great. cornucopia over someone's head fucking yeah yeah he takes a cornucopia <laughs> You know what that means? It, it, it starts off. I love it because he there, he does turns to one sun god and he's like, "Hey, sunny boy," yeah. and turns around, bam, yeah, and then beats somebody over the head with a cornucopia. Yeah, a horn of plenty. Okay, <laughs> there's like hogs and apples and bananas and lettuce flying everywhere out of this horn. He's beating the shit out of somebody, right? And then, and really, that's kind of like. It's a reflection of how the Ephebans just, you know, argue their ideas with each other. Yeah. So basically, Alm is bringing democracy to the gods, where before they were like an oligarchy of elites yeah. who just people were their pawns. Yeah. Just like, I will beat the shit out of you. And then at one point, he has one god by the arm twisted yeah. around its back and yeah. like tell the, that god's talking to his people. Yeah. It's so fucking yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> He's like pulling his hair. He's like, tell them. Tell them. <laughs> You're a loser. He's like, I'm a loser. I'm a better god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. So they have this big brawl. It's awesome. Eventually, he forces um forces all other gods of the forces at the battle to tell their soldiers to stop fighting and make peace. Yeah. Right. Well, again, by the aforementioned holding twisting, twisting guy's his arm until <laughs> he says, "All right, all right, you don't have to stabby stabby." I guess it's fine. So, in the book's conclusion, Brother becomes the eighth prophet, ending the Quisition's practice of torture and reforming the church to be more open-minded and humanist, with the Citadel becoming home to the largest non-magical library on the Discworld. Ohm also agrees to forsake the smiting Omnian citizens for at least 100 years. Okay. Yeah, he's just going to leave them alone. Yeah, yeah. He, he, uh, I mean, what they, does he care? He's, like, all-powerful again. He yeah. doesn't even want to be there. He, he, he's got a, a good bit of belief for a while after he beats the shit out of a bunch of other gods. So he's... This is basically like Instagram influencers. Yeah. Right? You oh get a bunch God. of people to believe in you enough to get all of the money and influence and that and then you go off and eat for free and surf, right? Right, yeah. You, you like, you go off on, and then people, when people... People pay you to or, or let you do shit for free just for the chance to be on your Instagram. Exactly. It, you oh live like God. a god. You live like a god. And then when people start to forget you because they're looking at like World Star too much or something, right? You you fucking come down, blades yep. of fury, saying cringe shit, right? Uh, uh, Controversy. Doing doing like on like some kind of binge or something. Yeah, show your tits. I'm doing OnlyFans now. You know, like whatever it takes. Some wild shit just yeah. to get people to believe in you again. Exactly. Oh man, that's that's such a dark interpretation of gods well that's what they fucking are <laughs> just that's it you know and so, and we're intimately familiar with that economic model yes nowadays so see right through that <laughs> see right through that all right but anyway they're still cool <laughs> yeah some of y'all are cool yeah <laughs> did you ever see uh that instagram account influencers in the wild that's mm -mm. so funny it's uh it's basically you watch people trying to be influencers 
from an outside perspective. Right. Like you're watching them film themselves. Uh, yeah, I have seen a few videos of that. Not that particular, but like I, I that is the funniest thing to me if I would ever see it in person. It's so like good. some chick like uh like filming herself like doing a little dance and stuff or setting up a, a selfie stick or some shit and it just like being like yeah you, you're trying to create this completely fabricated moment yeah but and everything everyone around you is just like this is it's clear what this is it is yeah literally it, it doesn't make any sense beyond the 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 three to three by two inch that screen. little video so you even have to move make your movements limited to that so you you what the influencers always look like is like they're they're doing theater for a little shoebox you know what i mean yes. for an audience that's in a shoebox an audience about this size right <laughs> and then and you put your fat ass on it and you start twerking <laughs> right and then and it's and it but you're only focused on this narrow camera angle yeah and it just looks so weird yeah because you know broadway musicals right it's meant for everybody big or whatever <laughs> uh, that was nice oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> but like influencers have to be like here for the camera phone right so they're just like and then you just look like yeah it's crazy like it's it's some form of like serious mental narcissism like it's problem. mental illness i mean it's, we know it yeah it's something because like yeah the only way that you would think that going and doing a dance for possibly maybe a thousand people on on this little thing is is like relevant or even like kind of want to be seen while everyone around you is looking at you and going yeah are you really doing this right <laughs> <Yeah>. now <laughs> is this like is this happening right I'm, now? I'm, I'm trying to get like food here <laughs> at this place that you're like twerking on a table i know it's hard because you know, I'm, I should be doing shit like that, technically. No. But at the same time, I cannot bring myself to do it. To, you know what I mean? Nah, I, I, I keep racking my brain. And then, listen, okay, I've, I've tried in my head. I put myself in so many different scenarios. Like, oh, what if I did this? What if I did that? Could I still retain some dignity? And every single thing I've thought of, no. Yeah, you no. look like a fucking asshole. Yeah in 99.5 percent of the things yeah uh, you're definitely Plus, the goal of instagram right the only thing you can do with it even if you get all the whatever unless you're like in the stratosphere like 3 million 50 million followers right yeah but if you're not all you're gonna do is be able to hawk like cbd oils yeah or a condom or yeah. like or like girl fucking filleting machinery you know that's it you know, girls I know, like they're comedians like me, right? But they started like they're like you're going hard, right? I'm gonna do Instagram, right? And they did videos and they and they post their titties, right, and all this shit. And they got like a couple ten thousand, whatever, right? And then where do you go? Yeah. Now they're all selling dildos on Instagram. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's and I, like it. It all is kind of dependent on the content you put out. Like I imagine if. This podcast gets big. We might get like a sponsorship from like Audible or something. Maybe, yeah. But girls are incentivized to show titties. Instagram exactly. is a pimp. Yeah, yeah, for Instagram sure. Instagram is a pimp. Yeah. Okay? Because it's just the way it is, 
right? When Playboy came out, everybody was mad because they were like, how could you think that showing titties is, and it's like, no, no, we just want people to read the articles. And they're like, sure you do. And it's like, yeah. no, it's good, right? But now women are literally making Instagram into Playboy. Yeah. Just to be able, just to get somebody to read their sub stack. You know what I mean? It's like, it, that's just the way it is, right? So they're showing ass, they're showing titties. And then, so there's nowhere else for you to go. What are you selling? If yeah. you're selling ass and titties, the only products that you can hawk are ass and titty related products. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? It's a it's a, a dark uh, algorithm. Now, that... it's just like, you just it can be dark if you don't have foresight. And the problem with being like 18 is that there's not a lot there's of that no, going around. Yeah. yeah. They, they they just see the other influencers and they're like, this is a quick way to become big, Be popular. Ho. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hello, being a hoe is a very quick way to become popular. Yeah. Always has been, <laughs> always will be. Undeniable. Yeah, yeah, that's... <sighs> our society is ruined. Anyway. Now it's fine. <laughs> our society was never good, no. you know? We yeah. were always crazy. I mean, it was good, but I'm saying like, there was never any golden year you no. know yeah I mean, it was always insane getting tired of holding the mic up uh anyway so what were we gonna say um, all right <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've gone into a pretty we're far just, place we're yet. just grunting at each other <laughs> all right um, um okay so let's wrap it up yeah that was, uh, uh, one more thing i want to bring up so uh, so um forsakes the Omnian citizens. The last moments of the book see brother's death a hundred years to the day after Alm's return to power and his journey across the ethereal desert towards judgment, guiding the spirit of Vorbis, whom he found still in the desert and upon whom he took pity. It is also revealed that this century of peace was originally meant to be a century of war and bloodshed, which the history monk Lu Zhe changed to something he liked better yeah so i wanted to because that's interesting right that, those are the two you know one i really like that ending for brother i like that reveal right like yeah. uh juxtaposed with what or vorbis experience right brother goes to the other side he gets into the desert he's like i love deserts you know yeah. he's like that guy he's like deserts that's my favorite thing you know <laughs> <laughs> and so uh and it's so different because he sees everything in a desert, right? Yeah. He's like, desert's full of cool shit, you know, fucking tortoises and stars and shit, you know? And Vorbis is like, there's nothing, there's nothing, you know? And he's just been like that for a hundred years. hundred years, just sitting in an ethereal desert, just terrified forever. Yeah. So yeah. brother, and brother like helps him. Yeah. And it's a great moment to happen, you know? Because yeah, it's a sure. great moment for Vorbis to even be helped, right? Yeah. Because he's stripped away of everything. So all he can be is a person who needs someone. Yeah. 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 It's a very uh, poignant moment of the actual prophet helping the person who tried to be the prophet mm -hmm. finally go to where he was thinking he was going to go because he thought he was the prophet. Exactly. Or yeah. he was trying to make himself the prophet. Yeah. We have to, he becomes a, a follower. Yeah. Which exactly. is what he, he personally for his character development needed to have happening. Yeah. But then there's the other thing I, cause I was like, the whole time I was reading it, I was like, wasn't this guy supposed to die and there'd be war? And that's what was supposed, I think he was mm -hmm. supposed to die. Brother was originally supposed to die early mm -hmm. on that burning tortoise, mm -hmm. the metal tortoise, which uh, being basically broiled to death on a 
metal tortoise. That actually is pretty similar to a lot of... Uh, yeah, they, they had a cow, a, a metal cow, cow that thinking. they would put people in and bake them. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> terrible, dude. The things we've done to each other... That's what I'm saying. Like, things, you know... Everybody's like, oh, the golden age of blah, blah, blah. There was never a golden age. Oh, yeah, we've always been wild. Yeah. I like it, but it's also up. like we got to like get our shit together a yeah. little bit. Don't be burning people in metal cows. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. You know? All right. Anyway. <laughs> but um, yeah. So Lao Tse actually found it in... I don't know whose best interest to actually not have him killed and change the entire the, course of history. The world's best interest. I'm, uh, right. So he has kind of a similar thing going on to death, the character of death, right? Yeah. They're supposed to be doing a job and then they don't do it because they don't feel like it. Because uh, uh, they have like sympathy. They do it to the minimal of their, of their abilities to kind of let things happen how they yeah. think. It would be better. Yeah. You know? And this is like, this is Terry Pratchett. This is like the, the, <laughs> this is the bias. And I, I don't mean bias in a bad way. I just mean like, this is the kind of characteristic of a person who grew up in a, like a Western-ish yeah. society, you know, where um, it's like, we hate bureaucrats. Don't, you know, don't follow the rules if it means people are going to suffer and die. Yeah. Break the rules if it means people can live. Yeah. You know, and just kind of like, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. It's that rebellion, a rebellious spirit is really, really good. Conscientious objectors. Yes. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we covered a lot. So, so much. <laughs> <laughs> we did this a lot. Was a today. wild episode. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm on like fucking maybe like four hours of sleep. <laughs> Well, you did a great job. I could, you know, I, I was not, I, I didn't feel like, you know, any, any, any way or shape or form like you weren't here. So sweet, that's great. I played you it a, off awesome. You did a great job. You made eye contact. You had hand gestures. You interjected many times with important points and insights. Good job. Good job. I mean, I almost want to see what you're like when you actually have had some sleep. <laughs> That's Let's, rare. Wow. <laughs> One of these days, you'll grace us with your presence on an episode. Fully rested, Clay. <laughs> In the meantime, you're doing a great job. So, yeah, that was great. That was small guys. That was an awesome episode. Yeah, I agree. Glad to find to get that one in the books. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we finally have three episodes. Yeah. That's great. Um, next one, you want to do uh, Thief of Time, the third one in the Susan Stowe Hellet? Thief of Time? Yes. Yeah, let's do that. All right, Sounds well, good. next one is going to be a Thief of Time. All right? All right. So stay tuned for the next episode of The Turtle Reads. Thanks so much for listening and tuning in or watching or whatever the fuck you're doing right now. And uh, thanks for doing it with the audio of this episode on. So <laughs> tune in again for... For sure. The next episode. Thanks, Clay. Thank you, Melissa. All right. Bye. Bye.